The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right. Hey, there's the result. There's the result, Vinny, of uh, an incredible run last year for the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry, a replica. I don't think that's the actual thing. Or maybe it is. Uh, of, of Steph Curry's ring for the 2022 World Champs. They did a great job. They had they didn't go to the limit in any of their playoff series. They were able to eliminate Memphis. Looked like Memphis had an advantage for a while, for a little bit. They were able to eliminate Boston. Looked like Boston had an advantage for a while. And here they are. Steph Curry, finals MVP is back. The core four. Back in action last night, taking on the Lakers. And, and Vinny, I know you were in the building. So before I tell you what I think of the Warriors that I saw last night, what was it like being there? What were your observations watching the defending NBA champion Golden State Warriors? Well, before we begin, props to Steph Curry for mentioning Brittany Griner on, on the biggest stage, mentioning that it's her birthday, yeah. mentioning uh, that it's, so many days since she's been uh, unfairly incarcerated using this platform in that way on that stage on that night. Um, but as far as the basketball, aside from maybe some sloppy play, the same verse looks similar to the first. Like, <laughs> yeah, they look like a team that knows each other. That's maybe a little bit better where your young players are ready to play. James Wiseman ready to play. Jonathan Kaminga a little bit older, a little bit more mature. Yeah, Klay Thompson's going to, you know, slow walk it into it. Draymond Green's probably going to slow walk it. But they look like the same formidable Golden State Warriors. I'm a little more interested in how we view that team on the other side. Because winning is boring. Winning is boring. But but we we can go there. But we can go there. They put it like this. To me, they look like a team. That's not going to go to the distance with Memphis or anybody else. To me, there's only one threat to Golden State this entire season out west. That's the Clippers, a team I'm going to see Clippers. tomorrow night against against these same Los Angeles Lakers. Like, that's the only thing for me. But as far as from a champion standpoint, from the arrogance of a champion, from the Jordan Poole, Draymond Green stuff, that stuff seems to bother everybody else. Whatever issues they have, and I'll I don't believe that these that these issues have been, you know, washed under the, you know, swept under the rug or anything like that. They just know how to put that stuff to the side and for 48 minutes, figure it out and kick your butt. And don't be don't get yeah. me wrong, that's not a hard task when you're playing against the Lakers, but the champs know how to be the champs on a given night. And man, I, I I'm convinced they didn't do this on purpose. What they're going through right now did not happen. Uh, intentionally, but it's still a beautiful thing. And, and I think we talked about it last time, Vinny, you were on, that the Lake, uh, not the Lakers, whew, the Lakers wish, but the Warriors have gone into that, that sweet space where they got veteran players who are still champions and still very productive, and they got young players who can contribute. And they got that nice little mix where they're not too old, they're not too young, uh, the old players are not going out, the young players haven't arrived yet, they're right there where they got a championship window with this mix, maybe for one more year, possibly two. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you look at it, like Draymond's probably a little bit worse. Uh, Clay Thompson's a little bit worse. Steph Curry's the same. Um, Jordan Poole's getting better. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is getting better. Even though he's been in the league for a long time, he's getting better. He's got, you know, he any kind of baggage, any kind of... Yeah, any kind of... psych, And that's what I was going to say. Like, any kind of psychological baggage that he had, any any... Oh, you're the number one overall pick. You haven't lived up to your potential or you've never won. He doesn't have to hear that anymore. He's got a new contract. Jordan Peele's got a new uh, Jordan Peele. Uh, Jordan Poole's got a new contract. Um, so they're, they're in a pretty good space. The, the, only, the only question is, okay, dynamics. 
Like, how do they work in Wiseman? Uh, does Draymond start tripping because Poole's got that contract and Wiggins has got a contract and he's got to be in a position, Draymond I'm talking about, he's got to be in a position to figure out, does he, uh, does he activate his player option? Or does he walk away? Does he read the writing on the wall and say, my time has passed here? That's the only thing. It's really psychobabble stuff. But it's, in terms of like getting it done on the court, I really don't see anything different with the Warriors. They're, they're in a sweet spot. They're in a sweet spot that very, very few franchises find themselves in. Even as champions, they find themselves in. If you think about it, dynasties are destroyed oftentimes from within. It's usually like mm -hmm. the internal dynamic that you referred to. It's usually not so much the aging, but it's the disease of me. It's, it's wanting more. It's, you know, now in the days of, you know, free agency, you look at LeBron James in Miami, they could have gone to the finals, you know, seven or eight more times had LeBron stayed in Miami after 2014. You look at Shaq and Kobe. Now, I don't think that that duo had as much of a shelf life as people like to think that it did, but it was destroyed from within. It was not destroyed by, you know, shall we say, natural causes. You know what I mean? Like, here's the thing. Right. I'm, sure you, I'm sure you'll agree with me on this one because, you know, you have, you have, you have such an affinity for Boston, even though you claim you don't. The Warriors, do. to me... I love Boston. The Warriors. I love Boston. You do. I know you do. I know you do. The the yeah. rare black man that loves Boston. Your face is not, not on, rare at all. Like it, it's like it's like it's like <laughs> in the Boston airport. It's like I wish. Hey, come on, brother who loves hey. Boston. I love <laughs> Papa Come on, that's your face. Hey. <laughs> come on, hey. At least give me that. Give me that. I'm out here caping up in Boston. Yeah, put me on Logan Airport. Yes, I'm available. I'm available. You are. Put me on you some signings there. But, but, but my point was, remember the Celtics of Bird, McHale, and Parrish? They yes. were really close to threading this sweet spot when you drafted Reggie Lewis. And the year before that, or two years before that, or year before that, actually. Yeah, the year before. Year before, Lynn Bias. Yep. You, you drafted Lynn Bias. Lynn Bias, of course, you know, died, you know, what, two days after the draft. You know, Reggie Lewis had that, that terrible heart ailment that, you know, causes untimely demise. But they were really close to threading that fine needle of maximizing what you have with your existing players, with your guys as older, and augmenting them with younger players that can help sort of bridge the gap. Now, they didn't do it. So, but you got to see the model. You got to see at least the goal of it. And I feel like Golden State, with Poole more than anybody else, because I know there's a lot of people that are, our buddy Karin Phillips does not think that Poole is worth all the hubbub, you know, because of, you know, he wasn't a, a highly touted high school guy and everything else, but he's improved so dramatically over the, over the course of his career, over the, course, over the course, excuse me, of a short time. He's someone that can help you bridge the gap. That's not crazy glue. Like, he's somebody that is a part of a core until if Kaminga becomes a superstar, if Wiseman develops into a superstar. That's right. And then in that meantime, you got that connective tissue. You've got culture. Now, Michael Holly, what type of culture are you encouraging in Golden State? What type of culture are you promoting there? But if nothing else, yeah. they know that dudes get paid and they know that they play to win. Now, there's a lot of other things that might not be so pretty, but you do at least know that there's a commitment to winning. There's consistency and coaching in the front office, and there's leadership and stability with at least Stephen Curry. I hope, I hope, uh, uh, Vinny, when we uh, when we continue to advance in this business, let's say 15 years from now, uh, uh, 20 years from now, and, and the first year salary of of uh, a journalist of a star rising journalist is more than anything that we made. I hope we don't become those bitter guys and be like, man, I can't believe they're paying these young guys, uh, you know, this amount of money as, as might be happening right now with Jordan Poole making $35 million a year. And if I'm not mistaken, I wasn't there last night like you were, but I think he came off the bench. Like there's some yeah. old school guys be like, hold on. He's making $35 million a year and he doesn't even start. Are you kidding me? But that's the that's the dynamic that you have to deal with. And it's what you're talking about. It's easy to get destroyed from within. If you have somebody who started who helped start the dynasty help put those fingerprints in there. 
uh, in, mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the concrete. And they're like, well, okay. Uh, yeah, when we were winning championships, this dude was in high school. Now he's making $35 million a year. And they're trying to get me out of here. I don't know. But anyway, but you know, to this wait, point, wait, wait, you brought, just, hold on, hold on, wait, hold on, wait, you brought that up, and I'm, it's just gonna be short. No, you brought that up like twenty years from now. How about right now? Some of these kids coming in making more than you know, making more than we made when we started off, and they tell us, "Man, they only paying me X and X amount." And I'm looking around like, and you're like, you you're know? like what? And like, you're complaining, you- and, and you have to check. You gotta check yourself though, because they only know what they know, yeah. and you only know what you know. And I will never come across as an old hater and clearly from the looks, I don't look old. So when people come and yeah, bring, right. you know, say stuff to me, they think that I'm their peer when I might be close to 15 years older than them. Like I don't have the Michael Smith hairline, but I do have the black don't crack. So that a lot of the times magical, brings you the, the magical the, the, Smith a lot of times hairline. that brings you that that is that is illegal. Michael Smith's hairline yeah. is illegal. It is in a hairline hall of fame. Okay. I'm in the hall but we of have to be decent. there. I'm in the hall of but beast. you know, Vinny, Vinny, when it happens, when he starts to lose it, he's going to have such an identity crisis. We have to be there for him as good friends because he's, he, he might like he might crack. He has my, he just might just crumble when that hairline has been there for him all those years. When it starts to go when it starts to retreat, I think he may. I, don't, uh, I, don't, he, I he think once to, you cross a certain, th- I think once you cross a, a certain threshold, you good. Okay. He's coming up to the so. he he's he like at the Tom Brady minus his minus you know not having a happy home stage of a Hall of Fame hairline. Once you reach a certain point, you playing with house money. That hairline ain't going nowhere. Well, speaking of house money, uh, here here's Steve Kerr, championship coach last night, uh, talking about his team and this dynamic that we brought up uh, a few minutes ago. But how would you compare the depth you potentially have on this team? to past teams. I think it reminds me of uh, 14, 15, although um, the depth is younger. But, you know, 14, 15, we had games where we didn't play Sean Livingston. We didn't play uh, Leandro Barbosa. Um, they both had a couple of stretches in the se- that season where they either played very limited minutes or, um, or didn't play at all. Um, we had, you know, really uh, major depth at the center spot with uh, – Mo Spates and David Lee and Bogut and Festus and Draymond. So um, it reminds me a lot of just the the talent level. Um, that team was veteran. We had veterans. This team, it's young guys, but um, the talent is is really obvious. Man, going back, just going back, thinking. Yeah, they do have they do have great depth, and I keep wondering. All right, when? I don't know. It's only one game. It's only one game, Vinny. Like last year, I was in on Kaminga. I was like, okay, here comes Kaminga. He's going to be most improved player in the 2022-23 season. He looked all right last night. But if that happens, now wait a minute. If Kaminga, if the light goes on for him, forget about your Clippers. Forget about the Clippers. Nobody nobody in the West would be able to touch him if Kaminga just gets it this year. Oh, you're not wrong. And and here's another part that I think we lightly, lightly glossed over. Andrew Wiggins looks so friggin' comfortable in his own skin right now. Like, we went from a player who people thought, and I will say this because I wrote it, and I said it when they made the trade, D'Angelo Russell, for the pick, and Andrew Wiggins, I thought it was legit in that order. I thought you were making the trade for the pick, and you had to take Andrew Wiggins. I did not think that the Golden State Warriors had some magic juice and you too shall be healed because Andrew Wiggins looked last night like the second best player on the floor. I know LeBron was mm. there. I know Anthony Davis was there and the stats Ooh. and everything else looks a certain way. Good transition. But, but Andrew Wiggins looked every bit like the second best player on the floor last night. He did the little things, and then when it was time to square up on the dude that traded him, never forget, LeBron traded Andrew Wiggins when he first got he drafted by Cleveland to Kevin for Kevin Love and everything else, and you can debate whether that was the best move or not. I thought Andrew Wiggins as a perimeter defender 
would have been better for LeBron than the Kevin Love. They won a championship anyway, so we're not going to debate that. But Andrew Wiggins stared down the dude that traded him on like some consecutive possessions during small critical points when the Lakers were making a minor comeback and dotted that eye and didn't think twice about it. You got you talk about Kaminga. Can we talk about Andrew Wiggins, a guy that's now going to be underpaid? Yeah. Well, not just Andrew Wiggins uh, and not Ooh. just Kaminga. They got a lot. Okay, the Warriors have a lot, uh, as Steve Kerr mentioned. They got a lot of depth. On the flip side, there's a, there's a team that has depth and there's a team that has three big names and that's about it. That that would be your your Los Angeles Lakers. You got LeBron last night. He put up some numbers. I see you called him Stat Bromford. <laughs> All right. So he put up some numbers. Anthony Davis was out there. Westbrook was out there. And then Westbrook after said, "Yeah, I got hurt because that one preseason game they brought me off the bench." And you know, I'm not used to coming off the bench and it threw off my routine. I've been doing the same thing for 14 years. They brought me off the bench for one game in the preseason and that's why I got hurt and this is game one. This is game one. So the Lakers nothing has changed. Uh, Anthony Davis is healthy. LeBron uh, still strong as ever. Westbrook still as flawed as ever, but energetic and they're just not good enough. I mean, t- tell me uh, tell me something you see from the Lakers that might encourage a Lakers fan Vinny. Mm-mm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give you, we're going to play a little trivia here. You ready okay. for some trivia? Right. I'm I going am. To give you Let's a, go. I'm going to give you a quote, and I want you to tell me who said the quote. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. I don't know. I don't know any MVP comes off the bench. I don't know any scoring <laughs> champ that comes off the bench. Why me? Why insert name here? Ooh. Why do I Ooh. have to come off the bench? Who said that, Michael Holly? Oh, and he shouldn't have. That guy right there said it. He shouldn't have. Russell Westbrook. Wrong. It was oh, he didn't say Russell that? Westbrook. It was who Allen was it? Iverson who said that. Oh. Oh. And okay. that, right. my friends, is what this could actually start to look like. When Allen Iverson lost one step, he lost two. And because of his size and because of all those other, you know, athletic attributes. When you lose one, you lose two. And I feel like Russell Westbrook probably has been there a little bit longer than we are willing to admit. And this is not an indictment of how he played last night. I thought how he played last night, to be perfectly honest, wasn't so bad given the circumstances, given where he is. And I wrote it. It's just that his mistakes and his bad plays are so loud. When he shoots threes, when you airball a three, or you try to zip a pass to a guy that's two inches away from you and it leads to a fast break on the other end, it just feels like it's more than what it is. And because Allen Iverson was so hesitant to adjust his game, to adjust where he was in his career after so many sterling years, after leading the league in scoring, after winning MVP and everything else, after playing his way for so long and he couldn't adjust, he wound up being out of the league. Now tell me this, can you imagine Russell Westbrook being on the next episode of who he played for? Because I can. <laughs> well, if, if you talk about Iverson, and that's a great point, you know, Iverson, because I could hear Westbrook saying that, but it was an Iverson quote. Makes a lot of sense. Iverson didn't adjust. If Westbrook were to adjust, tell me what that looks like. If he's supposed to adjust, is it is it adjusting to life on the bench, or is it the way he plays? Would it be off the ball? I don't ball? think he can what, change. What would it be? I don't you think can. he can change. And, and I'm not saying it from a standpoint of a lack of a willingness, but early in his career when he was playing with Harden, he was playing with Durant, very, very early, he was a better cutter. He was a spacer in that way where he could cut off the ball and you, you could wind up finding him underneath the rim and that way that could sort of alleviate the fact that he's not a shooter. Usually guys at this stage, I think this is, you know, maybe year 14 for him. You're not going to become a better shooter this late in your career as you start to lose your legs. Usually you develop that year eight, nine, and then you develop into, excuse me, you develop into a better shooter. You're not just going to turn into that. And because his game is so reliant 
on being athletically dynamic. And he said it. You know, he said it when referencing the hamstring injury. You know, and this part was true. You know, I get out there, I have, my body has to get warm, and I'm out there and I'm cutting and everything else. He's absolutely right about sort of, it's kind of like chicken and egg sort of thing, except you're diagnosing yeah. it the wrong way. He's right about the hamstring. He's wrong maybe about not looking further back and saying maybe I should diversify my game before I got old, before, you know, I wound up having all these miles on my body. I'm still so dedicated to being Mr. Triple Double and Mr. Box Score that I'm not worried about becoming a better basketball player, and it's come back to haunt him. And there's little to nothing that he can do, in my opinion, with the roster the way that it is. It's going to look bad, Michael, because the Lakers roster deficiencies are so bad. And because LeBron and AD can put up stats, you're not going to put the blame on Austin Reeves. You're not going to put the blame on Winnie Gabriel or Pat Beth. You're going to put the blame Ooh. on Russ because he's an easy target. But just because he deserves some of it don't mean he deserves none of it. And just because oh, you defend him don't mean that you're right. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Now, listen, uh, we will get back to the slander that you put on LeBron James right there in your feed. It's not slander. We'll get to that. We're going to get into it. But uh, I, I want to talk about some fights. We got Connor Rogers coming up. We got fights not on the field, Vinny. We got fights in the suites. The rich guy. In the boardroom. The boardroom. Not the suites. The boardroom, baby. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft. Fight. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Because I was watching the game, and, and to me, this is just my opinion, and Tom is the greatest. I mean, mm. the Super Bowl rings show it and talk about it and whatever. It didn't look like he wanted to be out there. Mm. I mean, maybe it was the pressure, that, and he was getting hit, and, the you know, whatever was going on. And I remember I, I, at one point I looked down there, I was telling, I don't know if I told Jason or Brian, but I'm like, like there's no way he's enjoying this. Mm. No way. Maybe, I, I, you know, but I, and I, so I was up there like – just I was enjoying being up there watching the game, yeah. but um, it just didn't look fun to him. Mm. Oh, that is the recently retired Ben Roethlisberger. Who would know <laughs> uh, what it looks like when it starts to slip away when you don't have it anymore, but you're still officially a professional player. Connor Rogers, uh, you have studied uh, quarterbacks in college and the pros. And if you look at Tom Brady on Sunday, they were big favorites against the Steelers. They lost that game. Brady missed a, a walkthrough on Saturday and then went out there on Sunday and played like a guy who missed a walkthrough on Saturday. Uh, is, this, is this just like a, a quick snapshot and we're all overreacting? Or do you look at Tom Brady, Connor, and say, all right, uh, doesn't look like the greatest anymore. It looks like it's about time for him to wrap this thing up. What do you see? Well, Michael, I think the issue is we're halfway through October and Brady's been in the headlines since the summer. So at some point, you got to buck this trend. And I know they've had, you know, a couple good weeks, especially when they've had all the wide receivers back. But they have serious issues on the offensive line that have begun due to injuries over summer. Uh, the pass protection is is really eroded and Brady is suffering because of that. And He's not playing at an extremely high level. He's been okay. He's not the Bucks' biggest problem, but it feels like everything is trending in the wrong direction for them. When they were expected to be, I mean, they were up there in terms of Super Bowl futures favorites. It was the Bills, and then you have them, and the Packers were hanging around the NFC. Obviously, the Eagles have been the cream of the crop there, and they just have a lot of issues that I'm not quite convinced a trade deadline can fix, although I think they'll give it their best shot. Hear me out, guys. And, and I know okay. that it's sacrilege to say this. It might be sacrilege. But could it be that Tom Brady just got old? 
<laughs> he's been he's been old but i mean on the field yeah happens to everybody right happens, happens to everybody it, there's uh, two yeah. things in life that are undefeated and one of them i will not say on fcc regulated airwaves one of them is father time and the other one you can figure out <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The other one, the other one has led to. No, no, I'm not gonna say that. No, no, no. You staying out of trouble, no, and I'm gonna stay out of trouble too. I'm gonna stay out of trouble, but I know what you're talking about. You're right, and they're both undefeated for a reason. You cannot push back. You cannot defeat them. You will lose every time. So is that what it is, Connor? Is it age with Tom Brady? I think so. I mean, it happens to everybody, and Tom has evaded this longer than anybody ever expected. I think that you've kind of seen things that might frustrate him in the past build up this year bigger than ever. That's kind of what stands out to me. I think it was pretty alarming when Todd Bowles in a postgame presser comes out and says a lot of guys are still riding off of the Super Bowl year. That tells me there are problems within the locker room. And I mean, this is an assumption. This is not knowledge. But I'm sure there's plenty of people looking around the locker room and saying, what are you doing at a wedding in the middle of the season, a wedding that Bill Belichick declined to go to and the Patriots looked <laughs> fine on Sunday and skipping right. walkthroughs and then losing a game where you were favored by double digit points. That's a tough look. Yeah, you got to be, uh, you know, a, a, a Vinny and Connor, you want to talk about unsentimental. You get we could all learn a lot from Bill Belichick. So Bill Belichick, not only does Bill Belichick skip Robert Kraft's wedding, Okay, skips the wedding night. Nah, man, I got stuff to do. I, I, I'd rather go to, instead of going to New York and being there with Ed Sheeran and Meek Mill and Elton John and all the beautiful people. No, no, I'm, I'm not going to go to New York. I'm going to go to Cleveland where they hate me to get ready for a game. Now, not, but beyond that, Belichick with Kraft. Belichick is all business. This is what Tom Brady's got to get back to because he used to be the same way. Belichick, when Kraft was up for the Hall of Fame, y'all remember this? A reporter asked, hey, Bill, could you talk about Robert Kraft as a Hall of Fame candidate? And Bill said, yeah, he's a pretty good candidate. That's it. (laughs) Okay. That's the guy who's signing your checks. The guy who signed your check, you say, yeah, he's a pretty good candidate. Anyway, Let's talk about the red zone. Let's talk about third down, uh, third down efficiency. <laughs> so th- this Brady, I'm telling you guys, I don't recognize this dude. I don't recognize a Brady who takes 11 days off in training camp. A Brady who takes uh, a, a little. The man was trip. trying to save his family, or or maybe do something, or maybe do something else that was previously scheduled. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that is, but uh, you know, I heard something and you guys tell me what you think of this. I heard uh, Chris Sims talking about this earlier in the week. He said like he was watching the game and it was one of those Brady games where he was feeling pressure where there was none. And this is not a 45 year old thing. And like Brady did this when he was 35 at times he would actually do this. He would actually duck and nobody was around him. He would, you know, he would be seeing ghosts and he'd be feeling pressure that wasn't there. But all these guys say uh, that when you are quarterback, you, it starts to go when you when your clock speeds up unnecessarily. You just kind of lose that internal clock that all great quarterbacks have. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm making more of it, but Connor, I guess I, I, I'm going to land it with this. Do you think in, in a month, We'll be looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers saying, man, we made a big deal about something and here they are. They've lost. They won their last four games and are now seven and three. I think things will improve, but I think it's more so because the NFC is so bare bones this year. I, I don't I'm not buying into the Bucks being a powerhouse in the NFL right now. Do I think they can win their next three or four? Sure. And do I think it'll kind of quiet down the noise around them? Absolutely. But if you stack up the Bucks, you know, in, in huge deck, do I think they're better than the Eagles right now? Absolutely not. And I think they're better than a lot of teams in the AFC. Absolutely not. So I think this noise will quiet down. But if I'm betting on Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl this year, absolutely not. And I don't I don't see how anybody can have confidence since he doesn't have confidence in the guys in front of him quite clearly. Now, all this has been 
riveting conversation, guys. Seriously, it's been really riveting, right? Can we get to the fun stuff? Can we get Come to on, owners threatening to fight each Let's other go. in the boardroom? Like, if I remember correctly, a couple of years ago, Jared Jones was talking about fighting Jerry Richardson, talking about, I'll fight, I'll box you in on the inside. And now he's talking about fighting Bob Kraft. Who you got in a fight? Or B, what's wrong with these old rich dudes? Can't they just be rich and old and enjoy their billions? Why are you trying to fight? A lot of egos at that's play. It. I mean, that's yeah. right when it comes down to it. Bored, rich, egos. Great combination, guys. Yeah, I, you know, and, and really what it comes down to, it is egos. I think it's a lot of stuff going on there between Jerry Jones and, and Robert Kraft. They used to be close because, you know, Jerry and, I, and Robert Kraft used to have a lot of respect for Jerry Jones because when Jerry Jones came into the NFL, he changed the way the league did business. I mean, he's a great businessman. So he was able to capitalize on funds that some of the old guard owners had. This is late 80s, early 90s. Jerry Jones and the Cowboys started doing things that other owners just weren't really taking advantage of. And some of the small owners and small markets, they didn't like it. Because he was like, what are y'all doing? There's money out here to be made, and you're not making money. Let, let's sell everything. Come on, let's go. And so Krabs got into the league, I think, roughly like five or six years after Jerry Jones bought the Cowboys, and he kind of followed some of Jerry's business practices. Now, I don't want to bring up, I don't want to bring up something that might be underneath all this, and that is Jerry Jones is in the Hall of Fame. I just mentioned a few minutes ago, Robert Kraft was a candidate for the Hall of Fame. He didn't make it. He didn't make it. Don Coriel did. <laughs> but 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 Robert Kraft, once again, is shut out. Has twice as many Super Bowl titles as Jerry Jones. More recently than Jerry Jones has won championships, but uh, they didn't give it to him. So there may be a little bitterness there, but you know what it really comes down to, fellas? It's the compensation for the commissioner. And I think Jerry Jones wants Robert uh, Roger Goodell out, and the other owners are like, nah. We like it. We'll keep we'll keep paying them 60 70 million dollars a year and we're fine with that. And 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 the question I have for you both is if you look at the NFL, we think it's the number one league uh, in North America. We know it is. Is Roger is Roger Goodell worth fighting for? (laughs) And and is he worth the money that he's getting? Uh, Connor, I'll start with you. Is he worth the money? And would you it would you be on team Jerry and say, Okay, time to, you know, put a little pressure on Goodell and make him earn the money. Or would you be on team Kraft saying, okay, it's working. We're making tons of money. Let's keep this thing going. You know, it's it depends if there's a candidate out there that they view can be a little bit more progressive, a little bit more active, maybe a younger guy. Now, I don't know if that candidate exists or not. And maybe uh, Jerry does. But I think with how things have gone for the NFL financially, this is going to be everybody against Jerry. And it's, you know, listen, Roger Goodell makes a ton of money. But when you look at what that number is compared to what the league makes, you kind of shrug your shoulders and go, yeah, that's that's the profile of the job. So the NFL is not a perfect league. Roger Goodell is far from a perfect commissioner. But when you look at the stakes at play and how well things have gone for those owners pockets, I don't think anything is going to be changing, guys. My thing would be, now I will laugh at you a little bit, Connor, when you said that the league might want someone more progressive because the first thing I think of when I think of progressivism is Jerry Jones. I'll tell you, of all the <laughs> yeah, things right. I think about in this world is Jerry Jones being progressive. I don't know about you. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Jerry, says, let me bring my guy in there. That, that's, exa- that's, that's exactly probably what it is. You know who wants to be commissioner of the NFL? Jerry Jones. That's right. <laughs> Probably who his candidate is is me. In his head. I'm the, in his in his head, he because he feels like he runs the NFL anyway, and he might very well be that, right? Roger Goodell has created this great illusion. Or Adam, I won't say this. Adam Silver created this great illusion that he operates separate from the owners. Roger Goodell 
is exactly doing is doing exactly excuse me what he's been paid to do take the bullets for the owners over the last couple of years whenever it's been whether it's been cte whether it's been the the flag and all of that nonsense it was roger goodell in front of everybody remember him being in a bunker it looked like during the nfl draft or, or not the nfl draft it was like maybe his basement and he was saying it was you know, yeah we that's we, right yeah you're like, right we, we messed up we need to do better that's why you're making 60 million dollars a year so that they don't do it i'm very curious what Jerry Jones is expecting of someone in that seat to do that Roger Goodell is not doing. They're making money hand over fist. They're putting on more football, even though the football isn't better. And you're protecting your, you know, number one investment, your quarterback at such a rate that even quarterbacks are saying, hey, this is a little on the soft side. So my question to Jerry would be, who else would you put in that spot and Wells would you expect? I think he's still mad. I think he's still mad. I think he's mad about Ezekiel Elliott and the suspension. And he's probably just mad that that Jerry that that Roger Goodell just doesn't just do everything. Just do what I want you to do, man. Just do what I want you to do. It's about me. Forget about everybody else. Just if you just follow my instructions, I got your back. No, you know what this is. You you know what this is. You stooge. I heard this from an ex-girlfriend. I heard this from an Ooh. ex-girlfriend. You, you'll love this. Oh, here we go. Hey, Connor, here we go. Story time. Here we go. Story time with Vinny. It's not, it's not story. It it's a very, very simple quote. I don't want to control you. I just want you to do what I say. That is Jerry Ooh. Jones to Roger Goodell. Oh, I don't want to control you. I want you to do what I say. Oh, that's it. Basically, I, and I'd be like, basically, okay, it, hey. it, basically, it's six in one hand, half dozen in the other. It's just about the framing of it. That's all. And 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 if, and and if she I'm says that to so you, I didn't do what she said. I was gonna say, if she says that to you and she's driving, you're like, hey, how about just let me out right here? I'm just gonna run to the store real home. quick and just <laughs> just get out of there, get out of there <laughs> as fast as possible. That's that. <laughs> that's that point in the horror. That's that point in the horror movie. Well, you got to run the other way. <laughs> run the other way, please. Do not hang out with her. Last thing, we, uh, last thing for you, Connor, because we cannot let you go without this. Is there? Are there any final words you'd like to say to your New York Mets, who who let you down, who let down yeah. all of Queens, let down everybody down the stretch? All they got to do is win a game against the Braves to maybe put themselves in a better position uh, to actually win. The division. They don't do that. Max Scherzer just disappoints when the lights are the brightest. What would you like to say to your beloved New York Mets? Oh man, what is what is left to say for the Mets right now? A huge offseason. It's always a huge offseason. We're always looking at the offseason. Uh, it was a lot of fun until it wasn't. I mean, over a hundred wins and then a first round exit. I'll leave it at this. I hope they do something exciting, maybe make a play for Otani if the Angels really do move on from him, which sounds insane, but when your team's for sale, anything can happen. So I hope for an exciting baseball offseason for the Mets. That's all I could ask for, Michael. Yeah, Otani, Otani in New York. Woo! That'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. But hey, Connor, uh, great talking to you as usual. And I was rooting for him. I really was rooting for him. It would be better... Than what we have right now, I knew it was going to be something oh. unusual. Remember, I kept saying the Cardinals, but it was—it's not the Cardinals. Now we got Padres, Padres, Phillies, in the NLCS, and then you got to root it. You got to root for somebody you hate in the AL, either the Yankees or the Astros. You probably root for the Astros, right? You know how it is. I mean, we have to deal with the Big Brother thing here in New York, like no other. So we've kind of been holding out hope that that trend finally ends and we'll see how it goes. The Astros usually are the ones to end that trend. You no disrespect, Connor, but you look like a Mets fan. You look like a dude who would root for the Mets. Listen, before I go, you got to realize I grew up in New York. Mets, Knicks, Jets. All right? It's been a tough road. It's been a real tough Jets road up. here. Ooh, you like toxic uh, relationships, you know, huh? That, you got no, that hey, right. But the Jets are good. The Jets are good now. No, they're not. Bigger they just want some games. We'll see. <laughs> the Jets are good, Vinny. Come on. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, Benny, uh, last night, so we had Warriors, Lakers, great ring ceremony in San Francisco for the NBA champs, and then the team that they beat. Beat them in six games, really uh, overwhelmed them when it really mattered. The Celtics, first game with that guy, Joe Mazzula. Who? Joe Mazzula is their new head coach. Uh, one and done, Ime Udoka. He'll never coach the Celtics again. I think that's clear. Everybody knows that. Um, and I said it looked the same, but different. You know, the same core, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. No surprises there going off, Vinny, but... Jason Tatum, after a bad finals, really looks like the first team all NBA guy that he was <laughs> last year. And Jalen Brown looks like he belongs either on the first or second team with him. Pretty incredible. Question is, you tell me, I'm very close to it, maybe too close. Is that enough? Is that enough to get the Celtics back to the, uh, the NBA finals and have them in position to win at this time? If Giannis didn't exist, sure. Like, I, I would be perfectly honest with you because I don't believe in the Philadelphia 76ers as a staff, record label, and a crew. I, I just don't. I think James Harden is a little, is on the downside of things. Joe Mazzulla, a guy that qualifies as an all-star of, is he or isn't he? That's, it, 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 you, you got that one. I think he is, right? I think he is. I'm is not that, sure is that, that he is. Well, hold on. Are you going to ask that question at a press conference? Hey, hey, hey Joe, how you doing? Uh, Vincent Goodwill, Yahoo Sports. Just want to. So, I mean, so. Is you, you know. or is you ain't? That would be the question. That would so be the up? question. So, Joe, tell us. Tell us about your family. No, you, I'll ask him the Mike McDaniel question. Do you shower once a day or once every three days? Then that yeah, you gives know, you the answer. Let's go down. Let's go down like four. Do you use do you use the lotion provided by the hotel or do you bring your own? That's a good one too. Do hotel you mind pretty, being or yeah. do you mind being ashy? Being ashy is usually a telltale. And, and if he says, what, what, do you, what do you mean by ashy? What's ashy? There's your answer. There's your answer, okay? No. But anyway. Said Joe, we appreciate you. No, I, felt like, I feel like this. I feel like for the Celtics, they found a formula last year, right? You had two guys that scored a lot and a bunch of dudes that defended. Once they figured out, and you had timely shooting from the Marcus Smarts of the world and Grant Williams and Peyton Pritchard at times and everything else, but you had two guys that took all the shots and kind of dictated the offense, and everybody was largely okay with that. It only became unraveled in the finals when you came across a defense that pretty much forced your best players to do things that they didn't want to do. There were hardly any teams this side of Milwaukee when they had Chris Middleton that could impose their will on you. Now, if you look at the Eastern Conference, you look at Brooklyn. Well, Brooklyn is the same questions we had last year. Will Brooklyn keep it together long enough? Will something come up? Do you trust them? I don't trust them until proven otherwise. Philadelphia, I've seen their movies before. Miami, I trust them. I wonder if they have enough top-line talent. Can Bam yeah. Adebayo be the best player two or three given nights in a series to augment you know what Jimmy Butler brings you? We saw what happened in, in the playoffs in that playoff series. So the only thing to me that that leaves it's pretty much the Milwaukee Bucks. And I stand on the table. If Chris Middleton was healthy, I think the Bucks are not only in the finals, but they're giving the Golden State Warriors a really, really good run considering how big they were and considering the matchup advantage that Giannis gives you. 
And but not taking anything away from the champs or anything like that because they came back and did everything. There's no buts included. Worthy champions and everything else. But from a Boston perspective, that's the team that I fear more than anybody else in a stacked Eastern Conference. And you don't know how much coaching matters until you got a coach that don't yeah. know what he's doing. I'm I'm telling you, I, and I don't know if he's that guy or not, Vinny. It's a good point. I don't we I don't, don't know, know what Joe Mazzula has. Like last night, they, you know, he walked into the locker room. He said some things. They gave him like, they gave him a shower, a water shower. Hey, Joe, first win. And the uh, owner gave him the game ball. Congratulations. <clears throat> but I'm telling you, I can't really think of many examples of teams that have come two wins away from winning the NBA finals, two wins away. Mm-hmm. Then the mm-hmm. next year, they go to a coach that not only change coaches, but go to a coach who's never coached in the NBA before. I mean, that, and there may be an example. I, I, I've, I've set those parameters. So it's pretty narrow parameters. Went to the NBA finals, didn't win it, changed coach, and the new coach has never coached in the league before. Uh, maybe that has happened in the history of basketball. I can't think of it. And if post, it has happened. Post, post merger, I have, I'm having a very hard time. Yeah, pulling me the too. Only, the only thing I have to- the only thing I could think of was maybe Mike Dunleavy replacing Pat Riley during the end of the Showtime era, but that Lakers team had gotten eliminated in the second round as opposed to making the finals, which they had made two years prior to that. But it's such a sea change. It was such a sea change, and it wasn't made a month before the month before the start of the season. With that's the other a, thing. With a head coach who's you know basically younger than me you know what i mean he's the youngest coach in the league i believe he and will hardy with the uh utah jazz along with um oklahoma city but oklahoma city and utah rebuilding situation and that's the yeah, thing not to, you can have a, a young coach yeah yep because you because you're you're growing with the team when it comes to those moments and you're looking to the sideline and you're jason tatum and jalen brown guys who we know are headstrong remember they were so much of, I won't say a headache, but they were so much to deal with that Brad Stevens said, you know what? Even though I'm really good at this coaching thing, get me up out of here. What you gonna think? What you think they're gonna do to poor Joe Mazzula when it comes to the moment of truth? Now, granted, I'm not a huge fan of Mike Budenholzer myself, right? He won a championship, and I still don't think that he's that that you're matching wits with him on the sidelines. But Joe Mazzula against Mike Budenholzer. That might, Mike Budenholzer might be running circles around that man in the playoff series. Here's the thing, though, Michael, and this is what I will give the Boston Celtics. Don't discount the value of what this season, of going through this season, will do for Joe Mazzulla and the Celtics. So by the time April and May come around, they know each other a little better than what they do now. There's fewer teams that I would think of that's going to make more, more of a jump as far as internally, maybe not as far as winning games, but as far as being comfortable with each other between now and April, then the Celtics, because of these dynamics, because you've added Malcolm Brogdon, who probably fancies himself as a coach on the sidelines or a coach coach on the floor, right. adds a little bit of maturity there, adds a little bit of decision-making there so that you're not self-destructing in those critical moments. We've always asked Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to grow up fast, right? We've asked out of them from the moment that they came to the league, from the moment that they were in the Game 7 against LeBron James in the Eastern Conference Finals, and they've largely passed the test. Now we're asking them to make the biggest leap possible against arguably the most inevitable, the most irresistible force in the East, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Maybe that's asking a bit too much. Well, uh, here we go. It's October 19th, right? So on October 19th, I'll say this statement. And, you know, I, I've been wrong a time or two in the past. And I've come out and I've, I've admitted it. And I've changed my position when presented with new information. But on October 19th, Vincent Goodwill, I will tell you that the best duo in basketball is in Boston. It is Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You cannot find a better duo today than those two. You might find a better player. Giannis is a better player than either one of them. Steph Curry is a better player than either one of them. But as a duo, you cannot find a better one. And I think that may be enough to get them back to NBA Finals, uh, the, the, the NBA Finals realm, okay? Not, not necessarily winning it, but back in that conversation. Give me a better duo today, October 19th. You can't. 
I can't, don't ask me a question and then answer it. Are you are you badgering the witness here, or are you giving yes. the witness a chance to examine his options? Might I present to you, counselor? Okay. The MVP, yes. the MVP Nikola Jokic, along with a Michael Porter Jr. or a Jamal Murray. Take your pick, right? Because mm. that's that that's the that's the MVP. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. See, might see MVP. Also see, but see, you get me. You got me with the MVP. I'm like MVP. Yes, and. We fall apart with the and MVP. Yes, love him. Michael oh, you Porter, haven't seen Michael yeah. Porter Jr. You ain't seen Michael Porter Jr.'s movies. That kid, okay. that kid is excellent. And might I also okay. present to you? Oh, I am in Los Angeles right now, where the weather is beautiful. And might I present to you a duo that plays the same position: Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Okay, here's the thing. About those, you know, and I love the way you say it. I've seen the movies. Those movies have been on pause. And COVID's over now. Okay. <laughs> We're back in theaters. We're back in theaters. <laughs> like, can I see the movies? <laughs> can we can we come back to the movie theater, please? Uh, and you might be right. If Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are healthy, ooh, it's tough to argue against them. LeBron and Anthony Davis. Oh, my bad. No, no. No, not Kyrie <laughs> and Durant. No, no. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, go ahead with your LeBron slander uh, to, to take us home with, Le- with your continued LeBron slander. It's not LeBron slander. I just I just want to know. I have a question for you, counselor. Name an impactful okay. play he made last night. He probably made a lot of them. They, they were in the game. The fact they were in the game, he's got a bad roster around him. Now, you can blame him for that, but he does have a bad roster. Around him. Still playing at a high level, no? Still no. almost 40 years old. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.